welcome to episode 489 of the God is a Geek podcast. We are not far away from being into single digits before we hit 500, although long-time listeners will know that it's not really episode 500. Anyway, we just lost count somewhere in the middle. My name's Adam Cook, I'm your host, and I'm joined this week by Mr. Lyle Carr. Hello, Lyle. Hello, it's just me this week. and uh, A more intimate show, some would say. <laughs> it's just you and just me. Uh, unfortunately, we've had to bring the podcast. If you're watching live or, or, or going to watch live and you suddenly realise, oh, they've already done it, we had to bring it forward because of the, you know, the Queen's Jubilee, which means... <laughs> so much to us all. <laughs> it means... <laughs> what does it mean? It means Chris Hyde isn't here this week because he's obviously... With his, with the royal family, personally, yeah, has, he has. He, it's it's important that he has to be there. Um, you know, shake the right hands, grease the correct palms. Obviously, it's um, you don't stay nobility. You know, you've got to put the knob in nobility. Um, or and something. Chris Hyde really does. Yes, and I really hope he's watching this because um, <laughs> he knows we love him. Uh, but there's plenty of games to talk about. Um, there's also plenty of games that we can't talk about. But let's not focus on those. Should we get you know letters in the post or whatever? However, people sue each other these days via Twitter, probably. Um, it's mainly Lyle. I I can't. I don't. I don't think I've played anything I can talk about this week. Um, <laughs> yeah, I except seem for to the have... one game you've played. I have played about an hour of. So that's our that's our one bit of talking point. And I guess we'll mm. start with the game we've at least yes. both played some of, and that is Card Shark, mm. the latest devolver published game about be basically cheating at cards a lot um card sharks a very weird game card sharks unlike anything i can really think of that i've played before mm. it's um it's set in 18th century france and you are a you play as a mute man who's in like a sort of abusive relationship and you get tempted by a mysterious stranger called oh no i i practiced this oh. i was ready for this uh the comte comte uh, the That's comte do something oh no some some it's a, it, i think it's also a football team the name Saint. Yeah, I was hoping that would I'll, I'll be Saint Germain. Oh, Saint -Germain. Paris, as in Paris Saint Germain. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's that him. Yeah, yeah. Possibly. I, I I read that like a few extra times, so I'd be ready for the podcast, and it just completely went. Um, yeah, we can but just you call meet him Le Conte or Le Conte, Le Conte if you want. Le I mean, yeah, yeah, it's fine. A little close to something else, but yeah, that'll yeah, work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you meet him, and he sort of. Um, tempts you into joining him to help cheat at cards. So yes. you uh, you pour wine for him and what well, for, for him and the people he's uh, he's playing cards with. And as you pour the wine, you have to look in the hands of the people that you are pouring the wine of and count up how many um, cards in each suit they have, so you can tell which one is the most. And then use a cleaning rag to sort of <laughs> do a little symbol on the table. And, and we so do need he... to discuss that. We do need to discuss yeah. that. I will also say, at that point, having knowing what I knew about it from my other people's previews and playing that part of it, I was <laughs> at that point thinking, this is cool, this is the game. The game is yeah. progressively going to get more difficult, I have to pour wine and, and do the motion, and I thought, this is it. It's not and it. It's, not, it's nowhere it's, near it's it. It's not even part, well, yeah. it's very this is small like part of it. I believe there's 28 different, yeah. I think they call them techniques that mm. are like ways to cheat. And yeah, this is the first one. And this is like probably one of the simplest ones because it gets complex quick. Yes. Um, but yeah, as you progress, like you'll learn how to stack a deck and you'll have to in jog cards, which is basically having them stuck out a little bit, which is like a real world magician kind of thing. Um but so you can like when you uh, split the deck and restack it so you can feel where the cards are going to be and then deal them in that order. And then you learn how to do like fake types of shuffling and all of these things you do are like, they're all, they're almost like mini games, but they're very complex mini games. You have to learn and practice and practice and practice. Like I can't stress enough how much a lot of this game is being taught by your, uh, your CD companion in the back of like the carriage on the way to the place you're going to try and scam people how to do these different tricks and he'll often say oh do you want to practice this again and like 
you should almost always say yes a couple of oh, times. Oh, there was really... one of them. Where I think I did it six or seven times because I thought I am just not going. Unless this is like proper muscle memory, I'm going to fail yeah. this every time. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's really difficult, but at the same time, once you master one and once you use it to like really like to effectively to to trick these people and to sort of get information out of them almost because mm. in the end the real sort of goal of the game is not just to get money you're kind of trying to discover the secrets of the of the upper class in France and like you know secrets that could shake up the very nature of the country and things like that it's quite a there's a big overarching story of nobility and you to find out all the mysteries of the game you just play cards in really very weird different ways it's just mm. it's it's such a like i I've, i really haven't played anything like it the only thing no. that makes the, the thing it reminds me of is when i first played the first ace attorney day, game on the ds and i was like holy shit games can be this like it was just a moment where i was like i could i never could have dreamed that i would be playing a game where it was like i was playing as a as a as a defense attorney and yes. presenting evidence it's like it's a similar thing of like I can't believe I'm playing a game that's sort of about like magic tricks slash con artistry. And also it's set it, as if it's not weird enough, they also set it in 18th century France just as mm. the just just as like the extra thing. Um it yeah, it's so varied. Well, it? It, looks, it looks really, really, cool really nice. Style. I would say, yeah. say the only game that popped up in my mind, but I don't think they're adjacent at all, more more in terms of how unique it is. Would be I don't know if you ever played Pony Island. I did play Pony yeah, Island. Like, yeah, how that game is kind of like nothing, nothing else at all. Yeah, and and that's not to say that this is like Pony Island, but in, it's in that ballpark of like you've not played anything like this. And that that's not me saying, oh my god, go and play it right now. But I I, I am just saying like you know in terms of what Lyle said there, it is so unique because I I want to talk to you about like the difficulty. Right. Yes, because I, I I actually last I haven't played all the way through it, and I switched it. I, I when I finished a session of it, uh, something else came along basically, and I turned the difficulty down. And I was like, well, I want to play this again. I'm going to play this on easy. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I found some of the windows. I don't know if it's just me getting old or my memory, or I don't know what. But I found some of the windows. What I would say, I, I think this is a tough game. Um, in, in not it's in terms of game, like definitely. like a, I don't know. I'm trying to think. You know, it's not like a, a souls hard le- you know type of game. It's it's more. You, you have to be quick. Like when you're pouring, the, it's, I found it really mm-hmm. difficult to. So, like, you, let's go back right back to the mechanics of the. So, you pour the wine with, like, you click the, you push the stick in and you pour the wine. And the idea is that if you pour too little, they'll be like, why are you not giving me a full glass of wine? Or if you pour too much, it will spill over. And again, you'll be like, what the hell are you doing? You know, you're kind mm-hmm. of giving the game away. Because the idea is you're supposed to be pouring and looking over there. Oh, he's got an ace of. Ace of okay. And then. Like you say, once you do that, like there's different mechanics for it, if I remember correctly. But the first one yeah. is that you basically, because you're a waiter, you pour the wine, and then to tell Leconte, um his what it is, you like it's left, to, like left to right, is one signal. Up and down is one signal. Clockwise, anti-clockwise mm-hmm. are the four, um, you know, diamonds, spade, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It does change and develop, but like that first one in particular, I found very tricky because after because it's tutorial like say just i mean i'm probably wrong but let's say all clockwise like that that's that's heart so they've got hearts that's right okay well there you go that was a great <laughs> that was pure guesswork but i actually would forget that very quickly and then i'd be like oh shit it was diamonds i don't know what that is i can't remember and it does so if you start doing that yeah it go quickly so you can still do it but i found the pit the the, the sort of time window for pouring and checking it's pretty tight. Like it's not. It ain't messing around. Like if you, you no, it's not. Frequently was overpouring. You know. Yeah. I I I don't want to say this because it makes me sound like a dickhead, right? <laughs> but I did. I haven't ever under or over poured, and I'm okay. sorry to say this. It wasn't something that I. But but at the same time, I I think more often than not, what I did was I looked at the cards for such a brief time, and I was like, I think it was mainly diamonds. But this oh is shit! What I found myself doing this. Like when I was doing it, it was like. It's almost like you do see it, but not consciously. It's almost like that yeah. kind of unconscious sort of, you know, I mean, subconscious thing where you just, you somehow know, you somehow know that although you were concentrating on pouring the wine, you somehow know that there was a king of diamonds. So you, yeah. and, and, and I don't know, I, I did, I, even when I, th- I thought I was like, 
no chance here. I would get it right, and I was like, oh, something's so something's going in here, you know, something's some some information on the screen is filtering into my brain here because I am getting it, and that's it's a really small part of the game. Like I'll be honest with you, I start I preferred it. I liked it more when it started doing the like the deck stuff and the and the, and the yeah. kind of magic tricks, I guess. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. I really like that stuff. That's really like you say. I mean, if you want to boil it down to it being a card game. It kind mm-hmm. of isn't, but let's just say for that sake, it starts off like that. It very quickly becomes this game where you are essentially doing magic tricks, and I've never played a game where you do magic tricks. No, I'm it's, sure a, they're out it's there. yeah. I mean, I, I imagine it's got <laughs> to have happened somewhere, but yeah. at the same time, like the idea of using like controls to mechanically do a magic trick—that's like like it's hard to even imagine how you'd translate that. Mm. And a lot of it is like the control sticks in different directions which i imagine sort of supposed to be like your thumb slightly moving cards around and stuff like that um and i mean yeah it's it's really interesting i think the difficulty i think the fact that there are difficulty options that's that is an important thing if you're going in and you're finding it too hard i think changing it pretty quickly is a very good idea alongside that there are hints as well so if you turn on if you turn on hints for the one where you're doing the uh, you're cleaning with the rag to symbolize the suits, if you press the hint button, it literally tells you what that suit is. So you okay. like, you can like, you know, if you're really struggling, like you want to That's experience great. the story and maybe just like, you know, or there's just one you're not enjoying or you can't get to grips with, then you know that That's option's there, and it's it's really good to have that. That's great, dear. I was one. I was. I say I haven't gone back since. I will, but I was wondering like, what do the difficulty options do? Because my assumption was that probably putting it on easy probably gives you a longer window for pouring yeah. or something. But also, what you've that's really good. So you could, yeah. That's that's so, yeah. great to see. That is something. I mean, like, mm-hmm. maybe it, I'd say it might just be one of those things where I was playing it and I was tired. And it's like, yeah. it, it oh, really requires concentration, like a yeah, lot of... Yeah, 100%. Like, I've, there's not been a single time I've played Card Shark where I've been, like, been able to, you know, like, casually watch a bit of TV in the background or anything like that. There's none of that. It needs your full attention. Yes. You need to be in full, like, alert working order, not tired, not drunk, not, like, like you need to be playing it at peak performance and, because yeah and to be you, honest with you like to absorb it i was there was lots of people going in front of the telly and the kids were in and out and it was one of those where i was back just a bit distracted that's that i still think mm-hmm. i probably would play it on easy just to give myself a bit more of the sort of accessibility side of it um, yeah totally it's, it's just so strange because it is it's it's like whatever you think if you're if you're if you're like listening to us now whatever you think it is i still think it's probably something more than that like it's yeah there is definitely. a demo i think i think there's a demo on there Switch. is yeah i would really heartily recommend people go and have a look because we're going to get into a period soon where probably all of the games we talk about this episode are going to get sort of, you know, left behind almost. I would imagine. Um, and Card Shark, from what I've played, it would be a great shame for that not to, you know, I mean, from what I've seen, it's pretty much reviewing well across the board. Uh, we it seems to nine, be yeah. nine out of ten. I gave it a nine. Yeah. yeah, this this was entirely my kind of game though. Yeah. Like, if if there's one thing I like, it's things that are very unusual. So yeah, mm-hmm. this this really worked for me, and I do think that. As long as you've got a bit of patience and can maybe like find quiet situations where you don't mind learning and relearning and figuring out mechanics that are quite like intricate and uh, yeah, a bit hard to absorb in some situations, yeah. especially some of them. Like, um, as long as you are someone who's going to be able to find that time, like this could be a game you really enjoy. But especially check out the demo. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's the kind of game where you know being on Switch, you you know, you have a quick quick sort of 10 minutes while you're on the toilet i don't think it's that game no definitely um, not but it's, it's weird you mentioned about get you know you like games that are weird and that which brings <laughs> us kind of neatly onto silt because it um, does what the vibe i got from it was that it looked like a kind of limboy insidey type of thing maybe underwater perhaps um but you've played it so you yeah me. i think that's that's not a bad description it's like it's definitely a very dark game it's black and white it's um really really beautiful like hand-drawn aesthetic is like it's kind of like sometimes it'll zoom out in, in an area in like there's a i think in one of the trailers they showed like it zooming out as you're weaving through these like pillars and it turns out that they're like the teeth of the biggest fucking fish you've ever seen and like there are just quite a lot of moments where it's like you have a moment of like awe of like oh shit this is like this is a really impressive environment i'm in that's also sinister as fuck um and yeah, the gameplay, um, it's, I mean, the main problem is it's a little slow. Like, 
like a lot of games in the water or levels in the water are, it's just a little bit slow moving, which is a shame. But the main hook of the game is your little diver guy, who, as far as I know, is nameless, um, can uh, possess fish, essentially, possess the sea life under the sea. So, like, you press a button and a light comes, like, sort of weaving out of your helmet, out of your head. It's like the dolphin when you do the sonar thing. It really is, yeah. It's it's kind of similar, but you're like you. So you'll go to like maybe you'll go into a like a sort of piranha-ish fish, and it can bite through like these cables that are blocking the way in one direction. Or you go into a hammerhead shark, and it can break down walls. You know, on the sort of simple level. Um, but then as you go on, the puzzles just sort of progress and get more and more. You know, needing to do different like bits. Like a fairly early on, but kind of complex puzzle is you can possess. If you possess a really small fish and then swim to other small fish, you sort of shoal with them. So right. you like gather up more and more of them. And there's one early on puzzle where you swim into like, if you swim to some sort of like poisonous fog, it doesn't kill the fish. But okay. if you then swim to, there's these other um, like big piranha, like, like fly trap almost, uh, like things that your diver can't get past but if you let each one of them eat one of the poisoned fish then they die and you can swim through so it's like it's kind of nice to just sort of like a fairly easy going puzzle so like it silt and not like fish i don't know i don't know why it's called silt okay. at all fair enough um i can't tell you I'll, basically nothing in the game is ever explained like you're in okay. these bleak almost love lovecraftian like water environments there's like weird statues and stuff like that the only thing you ever know is that you're in like deep in the ocean but i guess there's some sort of like some things live there at some point um um but like yeah it's it's very it's very atmospheric like a lot of the times when something comes out of the darkness towards you and it's like a particularly horrific monster like it it made me jump as sort of a 2d game and i wasn't expecting to you know mm. just be exploring this nice puzzle game and then some sort of nightmare creature from the deep just swim out of the out of the corner of the screen and eat my my diver hole <laughs> um but yeah the the main issue with sil is it's a little bit slow like there's there are bits in between like the sort of like main almost like levels like you go to a you go somewhere between each sort of objective basically you go to like a a mysterious location and in that location because of something that's happening with the background because there's like some sort of weird effects going on Mm. i was never able to tell that i was even swimming and it felt like i was just trying to go in one direction for about 10 minutes and it was just utterly miserable and it happens constantly there's just these moments where like i think it's because the visuals are quite impressive they're kind of expecting you to take it all in and it's just like but it's taking me like quite a few minutes to get from one side of the screen to the other and i just i'd kind of like to just be playing around and having fun with possessing fish because that core mechanic that's a fun idea i mean it was in it's kind of you know echo the dolphin-esque as you said but like I like I like the idea of possessing different things and using them to do different things. There's plenty of games that have done it before, and yeah, a little slow moving, but like kind of enjoyable. It 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 doesn't sound like my cup of tea. Like it, it, no, it, it does sound like I'm trying to think of another game that there's definitely a game that did this recently where it sort of it wants you to appreciate what you're seeing. But it kind of smells its own farts by doing it a bit too much, and it's yeah. like I get it. I, I got it the first three times, but now I am just, for example, holding right, and literally this is barely interactive. And yeah, that's that, that's kind of a turn off for me. Like I do, I don't get me wrong. I like I like games that are all story and all mysterious and stuff, but I do want some level of interactivity. Um, yeah, whether that's, and when it's interactive, know, yeah, it still is a good game. It's enjoyable. I I I like the puzzle elements, but like there and like there are certainly like screens of silt where like I'd hang that on a wall and just think that's yeah. a really nice thing to get to have a look at. But like I don't want to be just sat like with it in the background slowly moving around for no, you want to be a long time doing. Yeah, that's a shame. I mean, I'm trying to think when what, what this. Was it revealed some recently or something? It was saying. on the uh, Nintendo it Indie was World, Switch, wasn't yeah, it? yeah, just yeah, recently. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, yeah. there's always a couple of like crackers on there, and there are always some you just don't know until you play them. Um, yeah. Another game, I guess, that's I think on Switch. I think 
Cow the kangaroo? K.O.? K.O. K.O. Like like a knockout punch because no. he's got boxing gloves on. Oh, wow. I don't yeah. want to play this now. <laughs> no. Like, now you said um, that. That's right. I, I, I'd never heard of this series until you previewed it. Um, yeah. And I like I hadn't either, and it's really old. <laughs> this is the thing. I feel like I should have, unless I just have completely, you know, wiped my memory yeah. of it. But it looks like, I mean, I'm pleased to say that there are more 3D platformers being made now. Um, it it almost looks like a character from Crash Bandicoot made into its own game. Yeah, um, the comparisons to Crash Bandicoot are very, very, very apt. Um, right. It's. It's basically KO the Kangaroo is the most 3D platformer 3D platformer that ever did 3D platformer. Okay. Like it is you go into a stage there are different shiny shit to collect. There's like there's letters that that spell out KO's name. So K A N O like the Kong just letters three, in not Don like the Kong. whole no, no, not the and then kangaroo. Yeah, that would be great. Or if it had a surname yeah. or something. K.O. Kangaroo. Yeah. Oh, okay, um, that's really bothering me. <laughs> like, sorry, I didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't it. see it. I, I was, I just, you know, I'm looking at it written on the screen and I can see it now. But... Yeah, but no, I thought the same until I heard it said out loud in the game. Um, but just, yeah, K.O. And yeah, you collect, like, this, there's a collectible that opens up. You have to get enough off to open up each new level. There's, and does he box you know, with this, like, is that his attack? Like He, how- he does, yeah. yeah. So so I'd say, like, the, the sort of standout thing of K.O. the Kangaroo, if there's anything that isn't just this is kind of in most 3D platformers, it is the combat. They kind of put a bit of emphasis okay. on on, like, the boxing combat, which is, like, you basically, I mean, I say that it's still very simple. You, you essentially you smash the square button. I was playing it on PlayStation, obviously. Um, you, you sort of smash the square button to just sort of do a combo, a long combo, uh, and then once you've done enough of a combo, you fill up like a meter, and the triangle button is like your sort of like this big smash attack that will probably kill whoever you use it on and stun everything else around you. So it's like there are sort of like combat sequences that are a bit. Mm. a bit different but like outside of that it's it's a very it's a very like authentic of the early 2000s 3d platformer and that's not necessarily a bad thing like you know if you enjoy you know unlocking all different powers like you there's a you you have like a firepower you collect in some levels and you can melt ice or cobwebs that block doors or you can get an ice power for your gloves and that like freezes the ground so you can like push these boxes around on it and like like there are little puzzle elements like that too but um i mean a lot of the time you're going to be jumping from a platform to a platform you might like mm-hmm. you, you can jump double jump he's got like a spin attack a, a, a definitely not crash bandicoot spin, spin attack um there's a, there was even a level in one of the worlds that was you know the crash bandicoot where you're sort of running towards the camera uh levels <laughs> so you're being like chased like that wow. happened okay. and i was just like oh yeah yeah it's it's, it's, it's just, just that like thing. it's just that thing from from crash bandicoot and i mean there's like it has some like it was enjoyable to play, yes. but it's one of those games where it's like, I mean, if you've played a th- like, I if if it wasn't important to explain more about the game, the review probably could have been like, have you played a three D platformer before? Yeah. Like, this is a fairly good one. You'll probably have fun with it. Uh, it has a few issues. But like, like did it, did, does it do? Oh, what's the name of the damn game? Uh, not the Banjo Kazooie, the the modern one, the one that the. People, the, the, oh fucking hell! But it's still uh, ukulele. Ukulele, like so. I really liked the second ukulele game, the two D one. Yeah. I thought it was great. The first one I thought was like it, it was. It was very in terms of playing, paying homage to that thing it was making. Yeah. It did it well, but it kind of almost followed it too much to be like. So it was like, yeah, I, you. I don't need to hear all the animal noises repeated. Like, does it? What would you have you played that? Would you, what would you rather play of the two? If that makes sense. I'd rather play ukulele of the two. Um, the, the, the original ukulele. The original ukulele. I I quite like what I liked about the original ukulele was that I was a huge, huge Banjo Kazooie fan. Right. So getting more of that, and I would say it was just more of that. It wasn't yeah, modernized no, that. It was more of that pretty much. It was just that in HD. You know. Yeah, totally. And I enjoyed that. Whereas here, mm. there are some things that are 
a little bit less ideal, like the collectibles, like whereas in a lot of 3D plat platformers, you you know, you'd be collecting these things and they'd maybe give you like health upgrades or they'd, they'd lead to something. Mm. And in KO, there's the ones that unlock levels, which you are usually really easy to find just like, like at practically at checkpoints in the level. Um, um, but then the, the other ones, the, the letters that spell, spell out KO, they unlock... A, an outfit that you can buy so okay. it's like just it's a cosmetic there are blue crystals that i've played the entire game and i still don't know what they do like okay. I, there's like there's like seven or eight of them in each level and i was like okay i'll try and collect all these and i still don't know why i was collecting all these wow um and like if you're someone who really enjoys collecting stuff and getting 100 percent and don't necessarily need the drive of why you're doing it i mean i guess that could be fun for you but like for me i was just kind of there like I mean, well, I, like I got towards sort of the last world or so, and I was just sort of like, okay, well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna run to the end now, I guess, because I don't really, I don't really need anything anymore. And yeah, it's it's a bit, a bit of a shame. shame. Yeah. Alongside that as well, the the story and voice acting are like as bottom of the barrel as it gets, unfortunately. Really? Like, I know, like it's not really important, but like every time Ko speak, spoke, I did want to slap him a bit. Yeah, that ain't good. And it's just not what you want, is it? No, no, but, it isn't. I mean, if you are really starving for a 3D platformer and you like collecting things and don't necessarily mind knowing why you're collecting them. Why you're them. even collecting them, yeah. Yeah. Like, 3D platformers still give me a bit of a warm, fuzzy feeling as just like a genre that makes me happy, that like brings me back to childhood almost. So, like, it did feel nice to be playing it. And, and like, it's just that after a couple of worlds, I kind of saw like the issues i saw where like it was peeling away behind the shiny glow yeah that's a shame i was i was looking at this going oh i might have to look at that but i i'm not so sure now um i'm definitely not so sure about this because i've never heard of this <laughs> game uh, i believe it's called who pressed mute on uncle marcus it is called it is called so, who so, pressed so mute. i mean the stage is yours lyle yeah, so I was looking for a game. I had a friend coming over for the weekend, and he, I we've enjoyed playing through some FMV games together that are, you know, a little bit campy, a little bit silly, often overacted, but in that way that you just kind of love. Um, so I'd heard of this game called Who Pressed Mute on Uncle Marcus, and this uh, Who Pressed Mute on Uncle Marcus is a FMV game about uh, your Uncle Marcus, he um he met up with all of your family the like the night before this this uh the game set and one of the family poisoned him so he's dying uncle marcus is dying okay. suppressing mute suppressing, is basically murdering yeah, yeah, someone yeah. it turns out uh and tonight is the yearly zoom well zoom quotes cuz it's like something else uh zoom call that you have with your mum and all the other family members who happen to be at this gathering who are suspects, they do a quiz every year. So uh, your goal as the only person who wasn't at this party and who Uncle Marcus trusts as someone who wasn't trying to kill him is to, you know, go to the quiz, uh, chat with all these real world people um, from, you know, fully, fully videoed 3D <laughs> humans and uh, try and figure out who... Who tried to poison Uncle Marcus? And if you can't find who who poisoned him, uh, the doctors have said that uh, they can't narrow down the poison. So you need to find out who did it, so you can find out what the poison is, or he will die. And there's a lot to unpack there, isn't there? Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. It. I mean, how old is it, or is it a new game? It's um, it's this year. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a new game. Uh, it's Wales Interactive who do of pretty much all the FMV games. games. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it's got—I can't remember who Uncle Marcus is, but he's like in the office, and I think he's in Jurassic World. Like he's an actual known actor, <laughs> like not like like Andy, someone. But um, yeah, I've just, a... I'm looking at the trying to find it now because I've just watched Jurassic World recently. Um... Oh yeah. You have. <laughs> I remember now. So, like, Andy Buckley. Andy Buckley. Who I don't recognise. No. Apparently he plays someone called Scott, I believe, in Jurassic World, who I don't recall who he is. Oh, I don't... I, like I said, just watched that. Oh, it's not the dad of the of the, the kids, is it? 
Oh, maybe it from is. From the start of the film, he looks a bit like it could be the dad. Of, you know, you know the start. Yeah, of Jurassic yeah. World, they're like the, the the kids are going off, and it looks like mum and dad. That was spoilers. Mum and dad are separating. I, I, it could be him. It could be him, but he's been in the office for a long time, so I assume he's someone fairly well known to like. I never watched the U.S. Office, so he wasn't someone I particularly was aware of. But like, you don't really expect like someone in an FMV game to have a uh, IMDb page that has anything other than other FMV well, games a lot of the time. To be honest with you, the cast here, like they've all got names, and then it's like Eileen Davis <laughs> plays Nan. Just oh, Nan. Nan's a great character. The, she... uh, what? What really sets this game apart are like the characters are just stupid, larger than life, like really entertaining. Like the nan is just like confused all the time. Like the camera starts pointing away from her, um, you know, all, all the stereotypical tropes. But then alongside that, like at one point, your younger sister, who's like an influencer, starts talking about like who she was hooking up with, and nan's really interested all of a sudden, and it's uh you know, all a bit, all of it weird and cheeky. You've got like there's a alcoholic auntie who's just horrible to everyone. Your Played mom's by Susanna quite Susanna like... Doyle, literally looking at her now. <laughs> there she is. Um, you've got like this. Your mum's sort of like this awful Holy controlling. Shit. She was in Drop the Dead Donkey. I do know who that is. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't have known her real name, but I do know who Susanna Doyle is. Huh? Yeah. Indiana. I mean, the all the Indiana ads- Jones. About a boy, oh. the film about a boy. Oh, really? At the end of the fucking world, that TV show that's recent. She's, she's oh, yeah, done that's right. quite good. I mean, there's a chap here who's born literally, apparently was born September the 13th, 1995, Robbie Kay. Um, he's literally five, 10 minutes down the road from me where he, uh, he was born, and he plays Bradley. So. Oh, Bradley's a good character, yeah. They're all, they're, they're all quite larger-than-life characters. They're, they're kind of like, they're acted up to 11 just for, like, you know, the entertainment of it. Um, what's kind of interesting about the game, actually, is each, like, you essentially have different runs. So, like, it takes about an hour to get to the end of the quiz. And how the quiz works is, like, each round, everyone splits up. To, into pairs but the pairs change throughout okay. the quiz like it's, it's a really weird setup but they kind of comment on like it's a weird family tradition that they've always had mm-hmm. uh, and it just sort of means that there's an excuse for you to like be in a solo situation with one of the characters and kind of like you can choose if you want to like focus on the quiz or if you want to try and see if you can like push your look and they'll like chat more about the family meeting and stuff like that and you'll you'll get more and more evidence as you go mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it takes about like an hour, maybe less than an hour to go through to the end of what is essentially the end of the game. But right. then when you replay, you all the evidence you found you keep. So Understood. you so you go into the game knowing like your character shouldn't know, I guess. Yeah, but, but you go into the game in your like folder of like, you know this about this character, this about this character. And once you get to a certain amount it like it lets you accuse them at the end of the game essentially so you sort of like it's almost it's it's and and there are a few bits that change as well like Mm. like sometimes they'll ask different questions out of nowhere that are just not the same it's almost like it's a roguelike but very much not quite because it's (laughs) It's also a weird fmb game but it's very bizarre uh but i absolutely love it it's it's the exact amount of stupid and i love the whole I love the the genre in media of like this is happening on a Zoom call, like the horror film was it unfriended quite a few years ago and stuff like that. There's always like, I I love the idea that they that like you can just make a film or a game and it can just be people at home with their mm-hmm. cameras and it's kind of like it's a situation you can kind of relate to as well, especially you know after COVID times, like mm. every, there's not anyone who hasn't tried Zoom anymore. <laughs> no, there's just people saying the word Zoom and you think, blimey, I didn't know you ever used a computer before. But Yeah, um, seriously. Before we get on to like the, I've only, I didn't ask for listener correspondence officially this week because we couldn't, because the man's not here to perform his live jingle. Um, but in the live chat, Mikhail asks, how has Lyle not watched the US office? Um, I, I'd never really appealed to me, I guess. I, I, I haven't didn't... seen it either. Never. No. Um, I quite liked the original yeah, UK office. But, but that's the thing. Like, and, and I know, I know everyone's going to go, oh, but the American one's different and it's the best ever. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I have a thing because like, 
way 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 back when like when i was you know impressionable youth watching things like red dwarf and then they tried to do the american version of that and it was just a car crash i've always got it in my head as like why do you need to remake something that's kind of already current do you yeah. know what i mean like it's not something that's i mean i guess if they did it now fair enough but like it at the time when like the u.s office came out i didn't feel like there was enough to you know separation between the it the original office like airing and then i might be wrong yeah just, i mean like, yeah. from what i know as well i think like the first season of the u.s office was basically like almost scene for scene the same but with right. like kind of different characters and then they kind of quickly realize because, they're gonna have to do their own thing i mean but, didn't, didn't i don't know if i ever went ahead i vaguely remember them not them but you know it, somebody trying to make like an um, american version of the in-betweeners as well and yeah was, yeah and i don't know if that ever got made but i remember seeing a clip or something of it and it was like this you've not this it, it, that's i'm not saying the office is but uh, like the in-betweeners feels like something like quintessentially kind of british like they mm. are british school kids that is the reason it was successful is because the people watching it was of the audience that were those kids. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, I'm. You know, you were totally so and so, so and so. You know, like uh, someone, the, the guy who thought he was the J. You know, or, you know what I mean. Like, and it's like mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure the US office is is terrific. It's just stuff no. ever. I'm like yeah, hundreds one... of episodes of it as well now, so it's it's like. Oh yeah, it must be I, like it went so 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 much longer, obviously, than the the UK yes. office that had what like two seasons I think and yeah. a Christmas special um but yeah no just not something I ever wanted to do I like I I'm, I'm the same as you in that when I see that something's like they're trying to adapt something that is very regional like like the in-betweeners I oh the um the American shameless is painful to watch in every way that's like one of the worst tv shows I've ever watched I don't know why I watched it but um yeah they they lived in a massive house and i just didn't understand why just, they didn't understand they were supposed to be poor like so I, I don't remember it happening the other way ever like i don't remember like no. anyone trying to make an english version or uk version of friends or do no, you know what i mean i don't totally. i don't it doesn't seem to happen the other way maybe it does and i've just not seen it um, yeah. but again this is unofficial because the the jingle hasn't played no um but McPoo from discord has um said have you talked about state of play yet and is is there any hopes or predictions for step now as we record this um and probably as you're listening to it this this is in the past but for us right now at the time of recording it state of play is happening tonight uh, i think 11 p.m uk time and i don't even know if they said how long it's going to be there's been various leaks as there always is Mm -hmm. um Let's start with the hopes. Well, no, let's let's start with the predictions because I think that's predictions. Because I think hopes is can be you know. I think, I mean, the thing I'll say is I think they're gonna. I think they they've already said that they're gonna do PSVR two stuff, haven't they? Like they're yeah. very clear to that. And and they've also very they've also said they're gonna. Um, in fact, sorry, no, they have said uh, nearly thirty minutes of trailers and announcements. Um, okay. I'm looking at it now, so it doesn't actually say anything apart from we'll have some exciting reveals from our third party partners plus a sneak peek at several games in development for PlayStation VR 2. Um, and they have said the Horizon, uh, Call of the Mountain? Call of the yeah, Mountain. the VR. The VR one Horizon. of them. The first, the, supposedly the first AAA VR, PSVR game um, mm-hmm. will be will be shown. I think, prediction-wise, I think... You'd like to think they would give it a price or a date at this point, because if they're going to start showing it this much, and we know dev kits are out... Yeah, but, but I do think June's a bit too early. I mean, it really depends if this is their summer thing. Mm, like, is this yeah, their it's... summer thing, or I mean, I think it—they don't do like two a month very often. No, it feels like this is kind of it. So, but it's also so quite early. Show... Yeah, like they're certainly getting is. out ahead of everybody else, saying, "Ha ha!" You know, Nintendo hasn't announced anything yet. We don't know if that'll happen. Xbox, we know, is happening. Uh, Christ, when is it? Is it the eleventh, ninth, some somewhere over that area, it's, middle middle of the month towards then? Yeah. Um, predictions then. So, what do you you know? Anything you predict that we will? Okay, it's difficult because I mean, I guess I'll predict. I'm going to predict something else for the PlayStation VR two because they've mentioned that specifically. I think, um, I think they'll have some sort of AstroBot based thing for the oh, PSVR two. Because they did for the first one, it was such a big like 
that was where Astrobot was like it's this born, big yeah. breakout thing. Yeah, it was where where Astrobot was born, and it feels like if they're bringing out and trying to make it a high profile VR launch then it's soon that that would be a good thing to tackle along with it. It maybe even if it's not coming at like the, with the launch of the VR, if it's like kind of, this is a big reason why you'll also want it. Cause everyone really, really loved Astro, but, but when they bought their PS5, like, but then, but then look, assuming, you know, rightly or wrongly, assuming that this PSVR is going to be their big holiday thing, so to say, yeah, it will have been a good two years since, um, Astro's playroom. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's not, it's not impossible that that could be a no, like, definitely launch not thing. Um, I wonder it's... if they give it away free again. I wonder if they yeah. make it an Astro's Astro Bots, you know, two, and it's free with PSVR. Mm-hmm. That would be quite. Um, I, I'm, I'm genuinely interesting to see the price. Like, I don't, I don't think you'll get a price for that. I, I that's a really good shout. I mean. Prediction wise, I would like. I think God of War will appear. Ragnarok. I think it. Yeah, that was I, my I other. Think, I think it's part prediction, part hope, because I feel like if they don't show it, I think we know what that means. Yeah, I think. I think God of War Ragnarok's appearance will very much telegraph everything you need to know about when God of War Ragnarok's and coming. I, I will say what I would take is if they say, hey, and just to let you know, we haven't forgotten about Ragnarok, we're going to be doing a spe- special state of play just for that, because they do do that mm, Yeah, the they do. So that, that's, that's, if it doesn't appear, I'm not like, well, that's definitely not coming this year. They... Sony recently, in, ter- in terms of like the way they've marketed games, they have kind of right, like, oh, Gran Turismo is out in a couple of months, so bang, state of play for Gran mm-hmm. Turismo. Um, they did another one, didn't they? What was the other game they did that with? Ghost of Tsushima they did that with. Yeah. I'm sure there was another more recent one. Um, did they do it for Horizon or I think, not? It feels like they, they should did. have done. Yeah. yeah, I think they did do it with Horizon just before, I think about a month before, actually. Yeah, a month and a half. Um, mm. So I wouldn't be like if God of War doesn't show up, I wouldn't be like, well, that's definitely not coming this year. But no. I just, I just wonder if they, they must know the hype. They must know yeah. the kind of cl- sort of clamoring desperation for that game to, to, to just not mention it at all, even if it is just to say, hey, we'll we'll talk about that soon. This is more about PSVR and yeah, it does. It just feels like it needs a little bit of a of a of a mention at the very least, just so mm. that people aren't like terrified it's not coming because people Even are worried if, <laughs> but what they could do is they could say hey we haven't you know a bit, bit like the nintendo do hey we haven't forgotten about ragnarok but by the way god of war is on playstation plus this month because it is mm, so like yeah. that, that kind of matches up like that would be a way of doing it without having to show anything st- earlier than they want but without also calming people down who are panicking about it i mean if this is their big thing then you would have to assume some big games wouldn't you you would um but like so many of them, I just don't really believe are going to be that soon. Like Final Fantasy sixteen, I think people are thinking could show up. And See, it's that's like, my hope. That's my hope. I, I mean, I'd like that. Don't get me wrong. I, I especially after seven remake, like the next Final Fantasy for me shot right up in my estimations after being kind of like you know I loved the old ones and kind of felt I was drifting away from the series a bit. Like I'm, I'm not drifting away anymore. Like I, I want that. As soon as possible, please. So, I mean, the, the other thing is, as well as, again, I think given that that's console exclusive, and I think for for spoke, I can't remember the name. For spoken, forsaken, for spoken, right? For spoken, yeah. Spoken. I think that falls into the same category, and I think they do an individual state of play for both of those games. Yeah, it's, it's we're in weird territory now with games in that like some they seem people seem to do showcases on those games, but also if you just do that, then what have you got for your big? multiple showcase thing like this yeah because because um, at the moment they're like i'm assuming they're gonna like we're supposed to be seeing sort of like somewhere between like eight and 15 games in a showcase of this length maybe and i can't think i can't like i don't feel like i can get up to sort of like three or four that i'm certain will be there mm. like i have no real idea what's coming and maybe that's exciting but uh it's kind of remains to be seen it, dep- it very much depends what they're willing to say is okay to talk about on in as part of a bigger show as opposed to having its own dedicated thing like they appreciate doing nowadays mm. so we both have the same hope then really that final fantasy 16 is this year confirmed and it's not, it's not far off it's definitely on there yeah i mean if i'm going pie in the sky dreams i'm hoping for parappa the rapper 3 
it's that's what I need. That's what yeah. I want more than anything else. So I, I'm going to go ahead and predict that is not going to happen, unless it's PSVR but, somehow. That would be that would be something. Oh, that would be the one thing that would make sure that I buy a PSVR. So maybe they so know they've that. got they've got one whole purchase right mm. there. Um, in in the chat, we've also got a live chat question from Fernando. Who says a 60 frames per second patch has just dropped for Assassin's Creed Origins. Should I buy it for 10 euros? I haven't played it. Haven't played this series since Unity. Um, I don't think you play them. Do you want me to take this one? Yeah, go for it. I mean, it sounds like a good deal. I'm going to say yes, yeah, regardless. Yeah, like <laughs> Unity was the last of the old Assassin's Creed games, in, in mm-hmm. that they all played that way. And um, Origins, I can't remember if that was the first one or the second one. I it always was the first one. Was, yeah, okay. Origins is the like Egypt one, isn't That's it? That's right. Um, it's really good game. Like it's it's very different. It introduces the gear elements and that. It's it doesn't go as far with it as say like a Valhalla. Um, I I would say if if you're if you're looking for that kind of thing. I would have a look just to see what price Valhalla is because I think of the three that's of the three modern modern of the three newest style Assassin's Creed I think Valhalla is probably the best so it's worth just having a look to see if it can you know maybe you can pick that up even second hand or something like in you know in a, in a in a supermarket for like 15 euros or something and I would say if you can but then if you really want to if you want to play through all three of them then yeah just get Origins and start there you'll do, but you won't see you'll you'll see a massive change between Unity and Origins and then you'll see a smaller change from Origins through to Valhalla, but like they, they do get better. Um, but ten dollars is a good. It's a lot of game for ten for ten euros. Sorry, yeah, it's a lot of game. Um, they are big, big games now. I mean, they always were pretty long, the Assassin's Creed series. But once they hit Origins yeah. and they started doing the full sort of RPG stuff, they really did. They really did always feel long enough, though. Didn't they, they did. They like... did. There was enough game there before, and they just made them even bigger. And I am, I am a fan of them. I just haven't finished one since about three, because they just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and um, I kept getting less and less time. But yeah, that's um, that's a podcast for this week. If you did enjoy this podcast, oh no, sorry, hang on, hang on, breaking, <gasps> breaking news. We have more questions that have just come in. Um, oh, hell yeah. I was worried. I was worried, but Mikhail has come up with his standard questions for all of us. So I'm going to oh, just. Wow. I'm. <laughs> uh, he's got the same question for both of us. Um, but I'll ask. His questions for you are: Forget about Elden Ring. When are you going to watch the U.S. Office? When am I going to watch the U.S. Office? Um, I, I don't think I'm going to. I'm sorry. I could, but I also know I won't. Okay. I, I I just know it's not going to happen, and I'm sorry. It might be great, but it seems unlikely I ever will. I also know that my partner, I think he would like that much less than I would. So that's even less likely. You know, like I'm not going to monopolize the TV and or wait until I'm on my own. Like if if I'm on my own, I've got review stuff to do. <laughs> Fair. Um, he also wants to know what's your favorite Seinfeld episode. Hmm. Uh. I couldn't name a Seinfeld episode off the top of my head. I have seen some Seinfeld. I don't dislike Seinfeld, but it was a little before my time, I guess, as the youthful member of the well, podcast. He, he, he asks me the same question, and I'm kind of going to have to answer very similar to you in that I don't remember a single episode. It was not, though, however, before my time. So what I would say is that I like the episode where George sounds most like Duckman. Um, and hopefully someone knows what I'm talking about. Um this question's to both of us as well. Um, have you ever, have either of you played Vampire Survivors? I, no. So that's me done, no? No. Oh. Also, also no. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what then. There's, there's one further question for me. It's a three parter and we can both answer these. You've got to pick okay. one without thinking about it. Okay. So there's two, okay. two things and you have to just pick one without thinking about it. Uh, Witcher 3 or Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Uh, Valhalla. Witcher 3 for me. Okay. Monster Hunter World or Destiny 2? Uh, Monster Hunter World. Same for me, easily. Now, this next one's a bit of a bastard. I'm going to warn you. Okay. Okay. Will it be a bastard for me, though? Yeah, no, I think That's it will. This is, this, is, this is a genuinely okay. difficult question. I think I know my answer, but you've got to just go bang. So, mm-hmm. Switch Pro controller or, or DualSense controller? Uh, DualSense. I've never used a Switch Pro controller, so it, it's the same for me. Like that thing. That thing's one of is such a. It's kind of such a game changer that it's like, well, look, at the games that you can get now on PS5 that are also on Xbox Series X are so similar fidelity-wise that like, it actually 
I would say sometimes play the PlayStation Five version. Like if Returnal was available on Xbox, I'd still yeah. say play it on PlayStation because of the the, the feedback. And you're starting yeah. to see some third parties do this now as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's um, slowly trickling in more and more, isn't it? The it dual is. sense, it is haptics and triggers and whatnot getting used. Although I will say that Switch Pro controller is is genuinely magic. It's, it feels so nice. I yeah. mean. Also cast out both of those controllers and buy the Xbox Pride 2022 <laughs> controller that has loads of flags on it and looks awesome. Yeah, no, that's a good controller. They do make nice custom controllers, like the one I use on my PC. I've shown it before, the Forza Horizon mm-hmm. one. I, I do very much like their custom controllers. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that is a podcast for this week. This definitely it this time. Uh, Lyle, thanks for being here. It's been a pleasure. And for everyone else, go to patreon.com slash geek, where for a dollar you get this podcast early or a pound, you know, with whatever in your currency um i should say pound first really because you know that's the currency from where i am or a euro or a dollar or, or, or whatever um you get the podcast early you get access to our discord where you can interact with our lovely growing burgeoning community who are all really nice people actually um including lyle lyle's there as well just to make that i'm also clear. there and chris hyde who's not here this week but he probably is in discord somewhere well well he definitely is i don't know if he is right now but he's he's in discord um you will get early access to other stuff there's exclusive podcasts giveaways all sorts of stuff that you will only find via patreon.com slash god is a geek and if you don't know we are also a website we were a website before we were a channel so go to god is a again lyle thanks for being here and to everybody else we will speak to you next week or whenever you choose to listen bye bye for now